friend, welcome to Galsplained. The podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other better than any man ever has. This week we're diving into our deep personal history with uh, some really dark topics. No, I'm kidding. Did I get you? No. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> April Fool's. What this would we a- ever... <laughs> This is a learning and comedy podcast put into one, so keep it light, keep it fun. (laughs) Today, we're going to fill you in on where this crazy holiday comes from, some of the greatest April Fool's pranks in history, and how you can pull a prank of your own today. Yeah, you could Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? I'm Michelle. And I'm Claire. Michelle, I have a thought. Okay. (laughs) So... April Fool's is the day between our birthdays, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy, right? So when you're listening, today is the day between our birthdays. My birthday is March 31st. Michelle is April 2nd. Does it make sense that our energies meet in the middle on this day? (laughs) You know, I was actually thinking about this today because I was, I, I guess I never realized that we're literally only a day apart when it comes to our birthdays. And first of all, that's just kind of insane that we have that close of birthdays. It might be because we're like the same person. Um, (laughs) But like that it happens to be April Fool's Day is such a chaotic energy. (laughs) 100%. I think it makes sense that April Fool's Day falls in Aries season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty weird holiday. I'll get into it later when I explain the history of it, but it the origins are kinda freaky. <laughs> but that was my my thought that I when I was doing research for this episode, I was like, wait, that's so weird that out of all the holidays to fall right between our birthdays, and I put holiday in quotation marks because, you know, it's just a fun day. Uh it's April Fools and we both love comedy. Do you like pranks? I never knew this about you. So I don't think I've ever actually pulled like a full April Fool's prank on someone. Like, yeah, I've made like a joke maybe to someone, you know, but like, I don't think I've ever actually pranked someone on April Fool's Day. I'm not necessarily like a pranking person. Wait, you don't remember the prank we pulled in high school? Of course I don't. This is this is always the podcast. It's Claire's like, there's this crazy thing we did in high school. And I'm like, I don't remember it. What did we okay. do? So we had a group of theater friends in high school. So we're all very theatrical. We all like to joke. And I don't even know how this started, but we had a friend in our group named uh, Tony and a friend in our group named Will. And Will is a good went to college with Michelle, so he won't mind us uh, not picking on him, but telling a story where (laughs) he was the one being pranked. So there were four really good female friends, including me and Michelle, in this group. And uh, we had one of them go to Will on, like, Friday morning and say, you know, last night... I went out on a date with Tony. Like, don't tell anyone. (gasps) It was. (laughs) You don't remember this? And she was like, We I went on a date with Tony and you know, we kissed. Don't tell anyone. It was such a big deal. Like it was so important to me. It was amazing. And then so like she was like, Don't tell anyone. Then we had another friend 
go up to Will and say, I have a date with Tony tonight. Different girl. Don't tell anyone. I'm so excited. I have this big date. (laughs) And then the weekend rolls around and either you or me said to him, I have a date with Tony tonight. (laughs) I'm so excited. Don't tell anyone. I, you know, and everyone was coming back and giving Will this information, poor Will, this like overload of information. Like we had this great date. And at this point it had been three girls that had gone on a date. Like within three days. A date in quotations in three days. And we were all really good friends. And we were all saying like, don't tell each other. So then I think I went to Will last on Monday in school at lunch. And I was like, I had a date with Tony yesterday. Like... (sighs) And at this point, Will thought four days, four girls, all of our friends, they don't know. Like, Tony's such a player. So he, like, took Tony into the into the other room I just want to make lunch. it clear. None of us were going out with Tony. Right, right, right. None it was all us. a joke. It was all a big joke. Um, and I don't even know how this prank started, but we were just like that. And we took he took Tony into the other room to like confront him. And Tony was in on the joke too. Tony was very much in on the joke, was playing along and was a really good sport about it. So he took Tony into the other room and we were all freaking out. Cause we're like, Oh my gosh, like we got caught in our joke. We got caught in our joke. And all we see from our perspective is Tony Will runs out of the room and Tony comes out holding his face like Will had punched him in the face. And we were like, oh, my God, we took this way too far. Like, one of us needs to go after Will. Like, this, oh, my God, like, we did such a bad thing. What we didn't realize is that Tony had spilled the beans to Will in that room and they had pulled this prank back on us. Oh, my God. All the emotions just came flooding back to me, Claire. April Fools. I think that's such a good prank. It was like we thought we were pranking him. Then they ended up pranking us back. Tony was on both ends doing great. He really played us in the end, though. We were getting fake played by him, but then he actually played us. I totally forgot about this. I'm not I'm not even joking. Everything you just said to me, I now remember. But how could I have forgotten such a crazy moment? I think it was hilarious. We, I mean, it pays to have theatrical friends because I'm sure we sold it, but they also sold it. Like Tony came out like clutching his face and Will was like all fired up, like ready to go. No, I I remember remember. because Will was pissed. Will, Will was pissed at him. I really remember believing that he punched Tony. Uh, But yeah, it was not real. Yeah. I mean, I I would say I'm sorry, Will, but Will did get like the last blow in that situation. So <laughs> thank you for always being a good sport, Will. <laughs> thank you, Will. Well, anyways, I guess I do like pranking. Uh, I just forgot I did. <laughs> um, but Claire, would you like to hear where pranking uh, or more more specifically where April Fool's started? Uh, yes, please. You mean it didn't start back in 20... 20- 14 with our great prank. We invented <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> no, um, it actually started, it dates back to like the 1300s. Okay. This might like get a little like historical for a second. So I'm sorry if it seems like I'm like getting really textbook here. But like back at the end of the 1300s, this guy named Albert the Peculiar, he was called Albert the Peculiar. 
he became a duke of austria and um he was how do i how do i get a name like that i know <laughs> That's what I, was saying. I always wonder like what kind of title i would have if i was like a duke or like a queen you know i saw some i was like looking at like um uh, his descendants his son was actually named albert the pigtail because he wore a long pigtail braid <laughs> <laughs> um but no he was albert the peculiar and he was said to be peculiar specifically because he held a feast once a year um which was presumably in the springtime and upon arrival to this feast uh guests were actually immediately asked to take off their court clothes and put on a costume piece of his choosing and this like costume piece would change every year so nobody ever knew what they were what they were getting in um but they were always forced to unclothe and dress in whatever he provided essentially and if a guest denied abandonment of their garments they would actually be banished from court Wow. So like they had to come to this dinner they had to do what he said but the twist was every year there was one fool that was chosen that would not receive additional clothes. So this fool would have to participate with the whole revelry in the nude while everyone else was dressed in whatever costumes that the Duke made them wear. Albert. Um, I know pretty raunchy. And then the twist was also that the naked fool was compensated greatly and was the guest of honor for the night. So they were basically like, at the head of the table, celebrated, but they were in the nude. Um, other shenanigans were said to have happened at this event. Um, and, you know, it's because of the compensation and, like, the raunchiness, you know, back then, like, it was kind of fun, even if it was a little bit, like, you know, taboo at first. So this, mm. like, event kind of spread to courts across Europe and then, like, trickled down. Similar things happened. You know how telephone is in the olden days. And that's how we have April Fool's Day today. Wow. I, and I think with the spread of media and in the early 1900s from my research, April Fool's really took over as like a global or national event because media was able to spread crazy information on April Fool's as a joke. Yeah, that's that's actually really crazy. But also I made that entire story up. You did? <laughs> there was an Albert the Peculiar, though. That's the only real part. Oh, my gosh. Now I have to prank you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> OK, what actually happened? Um, Actually, no one knows. <laughs> 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 So there's like a few thoughts. I I I didn't want you to get too smart on me. You were I was gonna let it go on for a while, but I didn't want to be too mean to you. This is why I can't do pranks. I always feel bad because <laughs> you were like, yeah, and then media spread it, and that's crazy. And I was like, oh, she's actually like thinking about it. <laughs> I feel bad about that, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to give you a little April Fool on April Fool's Day. Um, but really, there's no recorded evidence for where April Fool's Day started. I looked it up and everything was basically um, people either making up where it came from or like kind of deducting where it might have started. Like, for instance, some people believe it started from a Roman holiday called Hilaria, which happened at the end of March and that like the cult of Cybele would like dress up in disguises and mock each other. But like 
that's not April 1st. Like, that's not specifically April Fool's uh-huh. Day. That doesn't really, didn't really have any connection. There's also some people that believed that it was, like, because of the switch from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar, um, people would, like, laugh at other people who would still believe that the start of the new year was April 1st when they already celebrated the start of the new year, like, back in January, and, like, they would call those people April Fools, but, like, upon even more research onto that part of it, like, that wasn't even necessarily a real thing, and people made that up. (laughs) So... Well, we can't trust anybody about this holiday. No, like, this holiday kind of came out of nowhere. The first, like, actual recorded moment of April Fools being a, like, thing was a Flemish poem in 1561 by a man named Edouard de Den. And in this poem, it talks about the story about a nobleman sending his servant on like a ton of crazy errands. But then the servant realizes that all the errands are dumb because they're fool's errands and it's April 1st. So he was being Mm. sent on these fool's errands on April 1st. That's real. I didn't make that one up. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to believe you hesitantly. (laughs) But like that can't be the start of it because the servant found out in the story he was like oh right it's april 1st he's sending me on fool's errands so that like it came out of nowhere and then the first english mention of april fool's day was in a book called romans of gentilism and judaism (laughs) and uh they this was in 1686 and they called it fool's holy day And in it, they said about Fool's Holy Day, we observe it on the 1st of April, and so it is kept in Germany everywhere. So I guess it was a thing. But when you even look in the olden days, like books, there was like this uh, section in the Poor Robin's Almanac in 1760 that also didn't even understand where it came from. So like even back then, they couldn't trace it because they said in that book, the 1st of April, some do say, is set apart for All Fool's Day, but why the people call it so, nor I, nor they themselves do know. Literally, nobody knows where this holiday came from. I feel like that's half the joy and joke behind it. Like, if we <laughs> had a true answer, it wouldn't be April Fool's. Yeah, I know. So uh, I like to believe the story I just made up is true. <laughs> <laughs> I invented one. <laughs> Well, even though what you said was a lie, what I said was not, I I was doing a lot of research on some of the biggest pranks and how they became recorded. And it was really in the early 1900s with the rise of like television and then radio and newspaper and all of that, that people could spread a prank, not just to one person, but to an entire community, to an entire state, to an entire country in some of these cases. So I actually wrote down some of the funniest ones that I thought, uh, and they are in no particular order, but I will start uh, with one in 1950. This was, of course, April 1st in 1950. Norway's largest newspaper announced on its front page that there was a government-owned wine monopoly country. (laughs) Nope, hold on. There was a government-owned wine monopoly, and they had received a large shipment of wine in barrels but had run out of bottles. So to get rid of the extra wine, uh, the stores were running a one-day bargain offering wine at 75% off and tax-free. The catch was that the buyers had to bring their own containers to put the wine in. 
buckets, pitchers, and the like were recommended. So when those shops opened at 10 a.m., all the wine lovers lined up with their buckets, their pitchers, their bowls, their baskets, and uh, then they had to go out and tell them that it was all a big joke. So according to the legend, there were like buckets lying in the streets for weeks, and it wasn't until people had been in line a long time that they realized it was a hoax. Oh my god, how pissed would you be? I know. Uh, Another funny one that I really thought was April 1st in 1992, and this is in the U.S., uh, on public radio. So we had the newspaper for the first prank. This is the radio. Uh, They revealed, it was on national public radio's Talk of the Nation, revealed that Richard Nixon, in a surprise move, was running for president again. And that his new campaign slogan was, I didn't do anything wrong and I won't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently they had audio clips of Nixon delivering his candidacy speech. (gasps) And listeners responded so angrily and like viscerally. They were flooding the show with calls, expressing shock and outrage. And of course, it was April Fool's. It was a big joke. You know what's crazy, too? I feel like if we were to see that today in our media, we wouldn't take it as easily as truth. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe some people would. But, like, now we're so used to getting, like, the onion and, like, you know, fake news that it's, like, we wouldn't believe it as much as, like, people back then with, like, just new radio. Like, I feel like it was more believable back then for people to hear stuff on the radio and take it as fact. Yeah, and I think that's why it was really hard for me to find a lot of recorded really good pranks after the year 2000 almost because people's like accessibility to information was probably a lot clearer um, with the rise of the internet. That's my guess, my conspiracy. But I did find one in the year 2009, the Swiss tourism board so in switzerland revealed the secret of why their mountains always look so clean and i watched the video it's very funny (laughs) apparently it was due to the hard work of the association of the swiss mountain cleaners whose members daily scaled the alps scrubbing the rocks for bird droppings and other (laughs) things that had fallen the cleaning maintained the beauty of the alps and the rocks and Apparently, millions of people watched the video and 30,000 took an online test to determine whether or not they had what it took to become a mountain cleaner. (laughs) Uh, And of course, it was a prank. But later that year, due to popular demand, a cable car company began offering an actual mountain cleaning course that attracted people from around the world. Wait, actually? Yeah. So it was not real. There is not a group of people that (laughs) scales the Swiss Alps daily and scrubs the rocks. But (laughs) the video is really funny. I'll send it to you and maybe I'll share it on our social media so other people can see it. Right. Like I love every year. Honestly, I know it's like dumb, but I love every year seeing like what companies do to, you know, do an April Fool's like what they're gonna trick us with this time what crazy like videos they're putting out feels like an ad campaign on April Fool's Day I think it's so funny 
But also I think another reason why you can't um, trust a lot of pranks nowadays, like especially like on the internet, is because so many people do staged pranks on YouTube. Like that's a whole genre of YouTube is that people just doing fake like pranks, quote unquote, on people. And it's just so dumb and annoying. Yeah, I I remember watching those in middle school and thinking they were hilarious. <laughs> that was the phase of the internet in like 2010, but now <laughs> I think they still do it and get like millions of views. I mean, well, my sweet. favorite prank I shared, I, I saved the best for last, in my opinion. Now I want you to imagine that this is in your eyes not a prank. That you are hearing this. For the first time, reading it in your newspaper, this was in 1996, it was a full page front of the newspaper in multiple American newspapers, six of them, including the Philadelphia Inquirer, New York Times, Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, Dallas Morning News, and USA Today. So six newspapers had the same one page spread. That announced that the fast food chain Taco Bell had purchased the Liberty Bell. (laughs) The ad read, Taco Bell buys the Liberty Bell. In order, in an effort to help with the national debt, Taco Bell is pleased to announce that we have agreed to purchase the Liberty Bell, one of our country's most historic treasures. It will now be called the Taco Liberty Bell. And will still be accessible to the American public for viewing. While many may think this is controversial, we hope our move will prompt other corporations to take similar action. So in a separate press release, Taco Bell also explained that that the Liberty Bell would now divide its time between Philadelphia and the Taco Bell headquarters in Irvine. (laughs) It, It compared the purchase of the of the Liberty Bell to the adoption of highways and said that they were just going one step further than everyone else. And it was a symbol of their heritage and imagery. Uh, and now they've got the crown jewel of bells. Isn't that hilarious? Oh my God. Why didn't they though? I believe this press release. I know. I think it's so funny. Can you imagine all right, we're in Philadelphia. Let's go see the Taco Liberty Bell. <laughs> but also, oh, we're in Philadelphia. I wish we could see the Taco Liberty Bell, but it's in Irvine this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the big pranks for you. But I think I need a little break from all this belly laughing. And we have to take a break, a brief recess before getting back. A brief recess <laughs> before getting back into it. All right. Are you feeling productive today, Michelle? I'm feeling pretty productive today. We're doing a two-show recording day, so I'd say I'm pretty productive. Are you feeling like this is your biological prime time? Like your internal clock is synced up just right? That's right. Seamless transition into our recess where last week we talked all about your internal clock. Oh, shoot. Tell me about it. What did people say on our Instagram, Claire? Well, at first, I had posted a poll if people were more morning people or night owls. 
and we had an overwhelming response of people favoring being night owls. So I thought that that was really interesting. But when I posted a more detailed poll asking people when they felt their most productive, not if they were a morning person or a night owl, when do you feel your most productive? Morning, afternoon, evening, or night? Morning and afternoon really won over evening and night, having double the responses of evening and night. Yeah, I can agree with that. I I mean, you were talking last week about how you are really productive in the evening time. And I just can't agree with that because once the sun goes down, it's like all my energy is gone. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people feel that way. But even if I'm not productive at night, I'm still a night owl. Like I still can't sleep and I'm still not a morning person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm looking at the people who said night. <laughs> Oh my god, nighttime? See, I can I can kind of understand evening, but nighttime? No, I can't. When the sun goes down, that's when we come out. <laughs> that's when all my best thinking gets done, all my cleaning gets done. But are you saying that more people said night people were more night owls than morning people? Yeah, and it doesn't I think when talking about a night owl versus a morning person, you're not necessarily saying that's when you're most productive. It's just like what you lean towards as a human. Interesting. Yeah, because I think I would I would have said a morning person, obviously, but I am more productive in the afternoon. I'm not productive in the morning. Well, let me ask you, we asked on our Instagram as well, uh, we asked how do you reset your body clock or keep your body to a schedule? And we also asked if there were any funny times your body clock really steered you wrong. So do you have an answer to either of those, Michelle? I I keep my body to schedule through uh, food, I think, to be honest. That makes sense. Like if I if I'm not eating normally, like it just throws off my whole body clock. Like at the normal times that I would, it always throws Uh me off. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think I need to get better about that. Mm -hmm. Um especially with the varying work schedule, it can be kind of hard to eat at certain times. But I like to keep my body to a schedule really by, and I've talked about this before in other episodes, I have like a sunrise uh, alarm clock. And that really helps me even in the winter months feel awake. I need one of those. I see them on Twitter all the time. They look so cool. Is there any funny time your body clocks really steered you wrong? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Were you asking me this because of the thing that happened last week? Because like, literally last week we were about to post the podcast episode and I was texting Claire that like uh like things about like notes about the podcast we were releasing the next day. It was Wednesday night before Thursday. And and she asked me, like, what was up? Like, we're talking about it. And I went silent. And it's because I fell asleep at 10 p.m. on my couch. And I woke up and I was like, oh, sorry, I haven't posted yet. I took a little nap at 10 p.m. And she was like, at 10 p.m.? I was like, I don't know. I'm a mess. And so, like, I woke up, like, was really productive, got all this stuff done at, like, 11 p.m. And then I was like, I think I need to go to bed. If you listen to the recess from last week... With that context now, you might be able to tell that it was 11 p.m. at night. Because I, I recorded that recess at 11 p.m. when it was really late. And I was like, just woken up from the weird nap. You, you're talking like at a 
much quieter level in it, much slower. And you talk for so long. <laughs> you were like, yeah, so it's just me and my cat here. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Hilarious. One for the books. But I think we have to get back into it, Michelle. Okay. My life is just a big prank. Let's get back into it. Okay, folks. So, um, it's time to learn about... Th- I, I'm not learning about the psychology behind pranks. I have a bit of thought about the psychology about pranks, though, uh, based okay. on the things I was looking at. Um, so... I saw this interesting thing about like studies showing that there's direct correlation between those who are really interested in like doing pranks on those around them. And also the fact that the people around them uh, don't trust them or hold much affection for them. Oh my God. I yes. don't know if I agree with that. Well, I mean, I think I kind of do. Like when you think about those annoying people on YouTube who are like, pranksters and they're like constantly pranking like their family members it's like how can you have trust for someone when they're constantly like lying to you essentially like it it makes pretty logical sense for people who are like constant pranksters yeah I I guess I grew up in a prankster family I Mm. haven't shared this yet but like when someone was coming going through the door and like my parent was at the back door with their keys our gut reaction was to hide and jump out at them. Like, that's not normal. And I still do that now. And it's just like my gut reaction, these learned traits in me. Uh, yeah, Jeff will be coming into the room and I'll just like hide and pop out. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, did I get you pranked? Um, <laughs> and that's not a really intense prank. Uh, my favorite thing to do to Jeff is to correct myself over something very normal be like oh i got you a ginger kombucha it's in the fridge and then he'll be like oh this one's strawberry and i'll be like pranked i got you (laughs) it's it's strawberry not ginger kombucha you're kind of like winston from new girl like you don't you don't have good pranks (laughs) i just i think it's like harmless fun for me and that's what matters but i did grow up in a intensely I think prankster family where we weren't like pulling huge pranks on each other, but like little jokes all the time uh, was, was a big deal. We like to convince family members of certain things uh, that aren't true. Like, I think also uh, a lot of the articles I was reading were by people who were a little bitter because they were pranked often by people. Like I was reading one article where they were like, why pranks are not okay. And they were basically describing an instance where they were like epically pranked. And I was like, dude, you just need to like, let that go. (laughs) Like, yeah. um, There's definitely a difference between like a harmless popping out to kind of scare somebody versus like doing something that really frightens them. And is like intense <laughs> and long thought out. Like I think our high school prank was perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, a lot of pranks I think happen to do with like making someone think something that's incorrect, like making someone feel stupid. Like in this instance, like we were making our friend Will the fool. And so like, if he was not as good of a sport as he is, he would have been like 
offended that he was being made fun of for his smarts when in reality how would we know he know that we were lying to him so i think that's like that's one of the reasons though why people would not trust someone who's a constant prankster because if you're pranking in the way where it's like um you're telling someone something like for instance the untrue story i told you at the beginning of this podcast if i'm constantly on this podcast telling you just straight up lies and then going prank you like that would probably get annoying after a while (laughs) yeah it would (laughs) so i i see where that's coming from i think it was really common like when we were in high school especially and i don't know if the high schoolers still do this now i know we have some high school listeners and college listeners so let us know if this is still common but I feel like it was very normal to have, like, a gullible friend in the friend group and to always pull one over on them. And now that I look back at that, it was never mean. It was never intended to be mean, but it probably didn't make them feel great if they caught on to what was happening. No, probably not. I think sometimes I've been that gullible friend and sometimes I've, you know found the gullible friend. I feel like I've uh, interchanged myself in the situations. But at the same time, it I saw other studies that had to do with like it being almost a good thing to have pranks pulled on you because if like uh, there was a study of like 55 people who like did a computerized cooperation game and the participants when they would be duped, they would then like rethink their blind spots and like how they should react to situations and it like led to a lot of self-awareness and like self-discovery for them so that's like kind of a good thing about being pranked almost is that if you want to look at a really nice side of it of like you're more self-aware about your predisposition notions on the world or I don't know if that was a phrase that was correct but you know what I mean maybe it's a good thing for that reason I don't know yeah whenever I'm out somewhere this sounds so bad Okay. (laughs) Whenever I'm out somewhere and something like weird is happening around me or like something, someone is being like, let's say I'm checking out at a store and like the person is being kind of rude or like says something kind of weird. I still always respond with kindness and warmth because I always imagine that I'm on that show, What Would You Do? (laughs) And I'm like, somebody's going to pop out. And you know what? I want my reaction to be super nice, no matter what. (laughs) So you just always are like scared you're like on candid camera. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we kind of are. Well, true. Well, I also wanted to mention, though, while on this, as I when I was researching this and thinking about my thoughts on if like pranks are like ethical i was thinking about like uh that word that i heard a while ago called schadenfreude or schadenfreude i don't really know how it's pronounced it's like a german word but it basically means pleasure derived by someone it's pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune so like we like watching people get pranked or we like watching people like be stupid or be foolish because it's interesting to us it's like why we like watching america's funniest home videos we like watching people fall over in a weird way so like it's hard to justify some pranks because some of them can be at someone else's misfortune but like truth truly in human beings bones we like watching other people be foolish like it's funny to us in a terrible way i mean i think it's because we've all been the fool before and (laughs) It, it's it's nice to see how much we can get away with. And I do have some harmless pranks for us that you can pull this April Fool's Day. 
with the things just around your home. Now, some of these are from me. Some of these are from the internet. And they were on a list of harmless pranks, but I think some of them are not harmless. And maybe this is because I'm an adult now that, like, has to clean up after myself and my own home and can't imagine, like, the mess that some of these would cause. But, nonetheless, some prank ideas. Uh, also, I saw a TikTok. <laughs> and this is just the little, the little pranks. I don't know if you feel this, but it was, like, this girl dancing this is a trend and it was like her kind of dancing and it was like me introducing myself by my name to someone at a bar and it was like her not really vibing and then it was like her full-on dancing like full-on vibing and was like me convincing the man that my name is yarn (laughs) i love that stuff i love convincing people of a fake thing that's my favorite type of prank you're a prankster then, Michelle. No. Yes, I love doing that too, especially to strangers where it's harmless. Uh, call it improv, right? Call yeah. it improv. You're practicing your improv skills. <laughs> uh, and it's harmless. Uh, so some other ones that are very common to do on April Fool's Day, which I have either seen in my own life, is to put plastic wrap on the toilet seat. I saw this suggested as a harmless prank in some of the research I was looking at. And that is not harmless. That's disgusting. Some other things that you can do is like put plastic wrap in a doorway at like waist height. So somebody walks through and then like gets caught. I think that's pretty harmless. Uh, Think about Home Alone, right? Mm -hmm. And then think how to take it down like four notches. Those are, right, to not like cause severe brain damage. Because in Home Alone, they would have died. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Especially Home Alone 2. Woof. Um, (laughs) But another thing that you can do, uh, I've seen this on TikTok before. It might not be harmless, but you can send glitter to someone in an envelope or a card. My aunt does this because she's trying to be sweet, but we always open cards over the trash from her because that's a glitter bomb glitter everywhere oh my god what a mess i think something else harmless would be to you can change the keys on someone's keyboard really easily especially if you're in the office and so like they're typing all day and their words are all wrong and they might not notice if they like don't look up from their keyboard Uh, Mm -hmm. another thing um you could caramel put caramel over something or put chocolate over something and tell someone that this is like a chocolate covered i don't know cadbury (gasps) egg but really it's just a raw egg i've seen that on tiktok or instead of (laughs) instead of a caramel apple you could do a caramel onion okay for anyone doing the egg one at least like cook the egg that's still gross it's just not going to cause damage i feel like it should be like a cooked like egg covered in chocolate because the shell could really hurt someone i don't know rocky did it i can do it um (laughs) (laughs) fair enough that's very italian of you to say oh thank you uh another thing that you can do is you can get some people in on the joke and like change the date or try to convince someone of something like no it's march 31st what are you talking about or change the time 
Uh, just all <gasps> little things. Wait a second. I have to tell you about the biggest April Fool's joke that's happened in my life. Yes. While we're here. Because as you know, our birthdays are around April 1st. But I broke my finger when I was in elementary school on March 31st. I came to school the next day with a broken finger and no one believed me that my finger was broken because another kid at school came with a fake broken leg. And so no one believed me that I had a broken finger. And then the next day it was my birthday and I had a broken finger on my birthday after no one believed me the day before. Wow. Well, uh, I have a funny one. I was in yearbook in high school and we always announced about that time, about April, the theme for the yearbook for next year. And the yearbook themes were always like one year was perseverance. One year was unfiltered. One year was community, rooted, you know, all very sweet. And I didn't even realize it was April Fool's, but they put up, it was like, they were like, this summer we went to yearbook camp and we were really inspired because we stayed in a hotel next to Bass Pro Shop. And we were so inspired by the hunting and the deer antlers. And they showed us a yearbook cover that said our high school name spelled out in deer antlers. And how every season, every grade was going to be like a different kind of prey. And like they were going to have guns pictured in the yearbook. And we were like, what? But of course it was a joke, right? Oh my God. That would have been terrible. So the next year, when I was the editor, we pranked everyone by saying that, and it was a whole new group of people, but I pranked everyone by saying that our theme for the next year was going to be a buffet theme, how there's a little bit of everything at our high school, and we were going to have, like, our principal's head in, like, a Golden Corral-style buffet, and, like, all of our teachers, (laughs) and that went over well. I think that would have been fine, honestly. <laughs> but tangent aside, <laughs> uh, two more pranks. You can put googly eyes on all of their stuff, specifically their fruit. That's a harmless prank. And uh, my personal favorite, replace all the photos in their house with photos of Guy Fieri or Nicolas Cage. If you want to stay true to the Galsplain podcast brand, he's got to come up in every episode. Definitely. Fieri. Fieri. Yeti, but but the cager, Nick Cage. Our man, Nick Cage. Well, if you want a little bit more kind of energy, I can't believe I haven't mentioned it yet, of this holiday, feel free to go watch some old episodes of Punked uh, with Ashton Kutcher and really kind of itch, itch that feeling. Wow, what a weird show. That, so that stuff freaks me out. Well, Michelle. Yes. You just got punked. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I punked you first. (laughs) Yeah, you did. Well, happy belated birthday, Claire. Happy early birthday, Michelle. (laughs) Um, I hope you had a wonderful day. We're the Um, same age for one day. For one whole day, a whole 24 hours. Um, but I think that's the end of this episode. We have to go quickly record the next one. Sorry to break the fourth wall, but we love you folks. Follow us on at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And for our question today, have you ever pulled a prank or has a prank ever been pulled on you? We want to know all about it and we'll see you next time. 
subscribe, rate, and review. Bye. Bye.